Hello and welcome. You are listening to an informed take on current events brought to you by law students and staff of Queen's University Belfast. This is LawPod. Hello and welcome to another episode of LawPod. My name is Charlotte Gurley and I will be presenting this episode along with Deborah Mosso. This episode will be about Queen's University Belfast Report and Support, a service for students who are affected by either sexual misconduct, bullying, harassment and hate crime. We are joined by John Finnegan, who is a student wellbeing officer here at Queen's and is QUB Report and Support Advisor. So firstly, John, could you tell us what is QUB Report and Support and how long has this service been running for students? I can indeed, and thank you very much for inviting me along today to the law pod. I think it's it's always great, you know, when we have the opportunity to kind of share and raise awareness about the, the report and support system. It's actually been going for for a few years now, so it it launched at the start of January two thousand and nineteen, and it's actually it's a tool that's used kind of widely across the UK. It was developed by a company called Culture Shift, um, and we decided to kind of purchase. Uh, the license for that and uh, like I say I've been operating it now for for over two years. Uh, basically the system is for students to court any incident of serious misconduct which as you said falls under either sexual misconduct, bullying, harassment or any form of hate crime. Uh, when students go onto the website uh, and I'll, I'll be giving you the details as, as we go through Charlotte but as when students go onto the website they can either do an anonymous report or they can do a direct report um, and that can be an incident that has either happened recently, is non-recent, so it can be historical, and it can happen either on campus or off campus. So there's no real limitation to to reporting any any incident. The direct report then will come through to myself as, as administrator on the system. Um, and at that stage, what I would do is reach out to the student and offer them um, either a phone call or a meeting, and that can be with myself or one of the other team of advocates that I'm sure will We'll chat about the safe and healthy relationship advocates as as we go on as well. It is important just to kind of make uh, students aware that once they complete a report, it's not actually a complaint at that stage. So there was a wee bit of kind of myths around that. Um, and the reason for that is really just to give people as much control as possible. So a student may wish to go ahead and make a complaint. And certainly, you know, I'm very happy to support them um, in doing that and giving them as much information as they need to do that. Um, but again, I just wouldn't want that to be a barrier as well of any students who didn't necessarily want to kind of make a complaint, but they'd want to reach out and get a bit of support. So essentially, the the uh, direct report is is a request for support um, from one of the advocates. What sort of incidents are commonly reported and how would you go about reporting anonymously? So... We do see a range of, of incidents, you know, reported. So from, like I say, from sexual misconduct um, to online abuse was seen quite a bit this year. Um, bullying and harassment and also um, hate crime as well. And in Northern Ireland, hate crime is covered under um, different kind of categories. So there can be sectarian hate crime, there can be racial hate crime, uh, disability hate crime and homophobic hate crime. So we see all types of cases 
uh, when a student is making a direct report, they have a choice of which category they want to tick, and they can tick multiple categories as well. So what you may find is, if it's a case of bullying, there may be harassment involved in that as well. Um, it could be domestic abuse. So they have the opportunity to tick as, as many categories as, as they wish. And there's also an other option as well. So if it doesn't directly relate, they can in include an other. And we do, we do get that as well that come through. Um, I should have said as well, shorted. So, on the system, when you when you go onto it, you will find um, support pages as well. So there's and that is under all the different categories. So, like we said, domestic abuse, and we'll explain a wee bit about what each of those are and where to get support as well. So, you know, we've we spent a bit of time around the support pages. We're always kind of updating those as well. For instance, there was a new video released yesterday on coercive control, which I've I've now uploaded onto the system. So it's just trying to give as much information to students. And really, I want I want the system to be a preventative tool as well. So it may be a case where you just go along and have a read of the information and just find out different information about what is a healthy relationship, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, so it's a form of education as well um, for students. Yeah, and you were saying about the anonymous reporting as well. So basically, the anonymous reporting form is exactly the same as the direct form without any detailed information, so name, student number, et cetera, isn't included in that. So when the anonymous report comes through to myself, um, I don't know who has sent it, I will just see the information that's been provided. So it may say that a certain incident has happened. It may say where that was, who the student is. We do collate all that data and we keep a, a, a check for tr any trends that are kind of coming through the anonymous reporting. Sometimes we are, with the information that's provided, we are able to kind of take a proactive kind of approach if it's, you know, if it's um, named any particular faculty or any particular school and there may be issues of bullying in there, you know, we can address that with, with the staff in the school as well without obviously uh, mentioning any names or, or breaching any confidentiality. You get the reports yourself. So what's your main role within um, reporting support? So would you kind of deal with anyone who makes a report directly or... Do you kind of oversee the process? Yeah, so so my role, um, Deborah at Queen's, is a safe and healthy relationships wellbeing advisor. Um, and my main role is to support students. Um, but as I was explaining earlier, we do have a team of advocates. So they are specially trained staff members from across um, the university who have been specially trained as well to support students. So when a report comes through, uh, initially comes through to myself as an admin on the system, I will kind of review that. Normally, a student will be contacted within three working days, um, and that's during term time, um, and they'll receive an email from myself with just some support information in there, but also uh, an offer to kind of meet uh, with either myself or if they, if they would prefer to meet with a female, you know, we can accommodate that as well. Um, so really, at that stage, it's about giving the student as much choice. Um, you know, we can offer either a phone call, um, a meeting through Teams, face-to-face -face is another option as well. So we try and give as much kind of choice and also the time of that meeting, you know, if they want to kind of meet, um, you know, later than five. We're normally a nine-to-five service, but we can be a bit flexible around that as well. So it's just trying to give give the, the students as much, as much choice as possible. So, yes, I, I do support the students and I would take the majority of cases that would come through and the rest of the cases would be taken up then by our, our team of advocates. We have at the minute around, I think we have around nine advocates um, and we may be looking to kind of recruit further advocates later in the year. So please look out for that information that will be kind of shared with, with all staff. Just to say my background is, is working with victims and survivors um, of abuse 
um, and prior to working for Queen's, I've been working at Queen's since 2017, but prior to that I worked for um, a leading kind of national charity on a sexual exploitation project. So, you know, I do have a background of, um, of working with um, survivors. And what would you say would stop students from maybe reaching out or reporting an incident, not necessarily an incident that directly affects them? I think societally, you know, we kind of see that as well. You know, there definitely is a, an underreporting, uh, particularly around sexual offences as well. So I think it, it can be sometimes just that fear of the unknown, you know, what's going to happen if I if I do tell someone here. Um, so, you know, I'm always very mindful of that as well. And we're always trying to kind of reduce those barriers, you know, as much as possible. And, you know, the universities have, have been working on this area of work for for a long time now, you know, and, you know, we have been kind of picking up on the work from uh, UK universities around changing the culture. So it's um, it's just looking at those barriers and it may be obviously telling and fear as well. You know, there's a lot of fear generated, particularly if someone has been harassed by someone or is is living in a, you know, a domestic abusive relationship. So it can be very difficult. And, you know, that, that can be, you know, the, the most dangerous time is when someone is, is ready to kind of reach out and get that support. So, you know, we're, we're very, very mindful of that and we're very sensitive, you know, around that. And all the decisions are made by the students, you know. So, you know, um, if they want to get signposted to further support, you know, external support, um, if they want to kind of go to police, you know, I can support them to do that. But essentially it has to be their choice. It's not for me to decide that, you know, they need to go here or they need to do this. So it's very much about having those honest conversations um, sometimes when students kind of come initially, you know, they're not really sure. They're kind of thinking, you know, I'm in a relationship. My partner is is a bit, you know, abusive at times, but I'm not sure. And it, sometimes it's just about talking over that and just getting them to kind of see that and recognize that, you know, by by doing a bit of work around that. So, yeah, it it can be kind of really difficult. There also is, I suppose, you know, if it, if it does involve another student or another staff member, um, just that that difficulty around, you know, if I make a complaint, what's going to happen here? What's going to be the repercussions? You know, so very much so it's about just reassuring the student that actually, you know, the university has policies and procedures in place. You know, we have a student sexual misconduct policy and we have an anti-bullying and har- harassment policy. And, you know, we take a zero tolerance approach to all these matters. So sometimes it is just about reassuring the student and making sure that, you know, they feel safe. Yeah, so it seems like you really tailor the support that you give to students depending on what issue they're having, especially in relation to their fears as well. Yeah, it, it very much is. And that's that's why sometimes it is difficult when, when people ask, you know, what what support is available because it, it very much is tailored to the kind of individual. So, you know, it may be a student who is disclosing something that's happened, you know, during childhood or, or something that's happened, you know, a while ago. And it may not involve another Queen student. So... You know, really, they're not looking to make a complaint or they're not looking to, you know, any of those kind of services. So really, that's just about providing that emotional support. Um, It also could be a student who, you know, it's been a recent event and they may need, you know, medical assistance. So, again, that's something that we can we can signpost to. And there are specialist services in Northern Ireland for for people who particularly around sexual assault. You know, if if it was an immediate sexual assault and they needed you know, immediate medical help. Again, that's something that we can kind of assist with or police. So, yeah, it, it very much is is tailored, um, you know, to the student. And it's really just about providing that initial emotional support 
um, and assisting then with whatever. And that's that's ongoing as well. So some of the cases, you know, um, last for you know as long as maybe six months or, or longer. You know, and it's it's just those regular check-ins. You know, that we'll have with the students just to check in how they're doing um, and how things are with them. So yeah, yeah, and. What can students do if they're they are aware of harassment or a harmful incident that's happened? What procedure would they go through? I think the first thing really is, you know, I, I would advise students to kind of go on to report and support first of all, and and just really kind of look through the support pages and and kind of check that out, you know. And there is a, a section around harassment. There's a section around sexual misconduct. So again, I think what I was saying earlier around students sometimes just not being sure of, you know, is this happening? What's the law? Um, the law as well in Northern Ireland, as you will know, um, is is changing. You know, so it yeah. is being updated. There are new legislation coming in around domestic abuse and there's going to be new stalking legislation later. And um, there was a hate crime review recently as well. So so the, the law is is changing as well. And I think sometimes it's just about trying to get as much information as possible. So I would recommend that they, first of all, check out the system. They can do an anonymous report just to really, mm-hmm. and what that's what we're finding with the system is that students are maybe initially doing an anonymous report uh, and then completing a direct report. You know, uh, later on, we do ask in the direct report, have you completed an anonymous report for, before? So, um you know that that's really good, and that's why we have, and that's really the, sometimes the need for the anonymous report is just to give yeah. students that confidence initially to make the report, see what it was like, and and then you know once they complete a direct report, then they will get an email back from from myself. I would also suggest that students talk to someone, you know, and that can be a friend, it can be professionals through ourselves through student wellbeing, um, it could be a lecturer, um, it could be. Um, like a helpline as well and I'm going to give you some details at the end that the students can kind of contact but yeah please please just reach out and talk to someone and again if you're thinking actually you know is this really kind of harassment you know am I I'm not sure you know you know that sometimes they're not so nice sometimes they are nice I think it's really just about having a conversation and just checking that out but going with your gut feeling as well you know that kind of gut instinct we all have that kind of feeling and we know when something just isn't quite right and if someone's behaving in a way that's that's not appropriate. So, yeah, I would I would suggest, you know, please, please talk to someone, whoever it is. And in terms of long-term support, what can students expect, expect to receive? Like, is it sort of an ongoing thing as they're going through the process of making the report, say they're reporting something to the police or, you know, after that's been reported, is that the end of it or, you know, does it continue after that? It does, yeah. I suppose, Deborah, just what I was saying before, it, it really depends on, on the individual circumstances mm-hmm. and also on the student as well. You know, they may get a level support and decide, actually, this is this is enough for me at the minute. You know, I, I don't need any more. Um, and what we can do in the system now is we can we can close the case, but we can reopen it at a later date. So, so there's always that option. But particularly anyone who is going through either a complaint process or hasn't made a report to police, you know those types of reports um, are going to are going to be a bit longer, um, just for the nature of kind of going through the, the judicial system and, and waiting on on PPS to decide, etc. You know, and if it goes to court, so in those types of cases, 
you know, we would provide that that kind of ongoing support. And that may just be just maybe a check-in, you know, every once a month just to see how the student's doing. Um, I should have said as well, in terms of other support, you know, what we can do is support the student in terms of the academic side of things. Um, and as you'll appreciate, students who maybe have experienced an incident around serious misconduct, you know, that can have an impact on their, their academic kind of progress just their 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 day to day life, you know, it can have a huge impact, and that's that's the purpose of of my role is trying to support students throughout so that they can they can achieve, you know, and they can kind of do their best in terms of their course. So some students may wish to take a bit of a break at that stage. Others may just need um, some extensions, and that's something again that the advocate can support them with and can speak with the school um, without getting into any obviously breaching any confidentiality, but. Um, just explain to the school that they are being supported through through student wellbeing um, and we can provide that support as well. So um, can an advocate contact the student's course advisor or about assignments and deadlines as well just to help them academically? Yeah, so at the first meeting with the um, with the student, the advocate will complete just a short form with them and they'll get more information on the on the incident. Um, I should have said as well, once you complete a report, you'll see at the, at the front page, it says, don't, you know, don't mention any names because what we're trying again to do is, is not take control away. So, you know, if I was aware of a crime that had com- been committed, a serious crime, I may have an obligation to pass it on to police. And I, I really don't want to have to do that unless the student wishes me to do that. So we, we don't ask for any names. And similarly, when we're speaking with the student at the first meeting, we'll kind of reiterate that around, you know, our legal obligations. So we do take a bit of information um, from the student, just maybe more details that haven't come through the report. We'll discuss any kind of risks. And again, that could be a risk in relation to a partner. So we'll, we'll kind of discuss that and discuss a safety plan. And we'll also discuss um, support options. Um, and part of those support options could be speaking with with a school, speaking with an advisor studies or a personal tutor or someone more senior in the school. Uh, but really, I suppose the student has to give me consent to do that. I can't really do that again without without their consent. So it will be agreed between the advocate and the student what level of support, what is needed and what should be shared. Um, and, you know, I find that that system has been working relatively smoothly since report support's been going and um, what issues have you addressed through campaigns? I know you've done a few different campaigns at different times, focusing on particular issues. So, what kind of topics have you covered so far, and maybe what topics would you want to cover in future? Yeah, we currently we've done a few campaigns, and we've also supported other campaigns, uh, kind of national campaigns. So there was the the No Grey Zone campaign that the the police had run with uh, partners and our student union were involved in that as well. That was a social media campaign. Again, around consent and and really trying to get the word out there about what is consent, because again, this was there there can be a lot of myths around that. So we were very happy to support that campaign, and we do host we do have a campaign section on our on the report and support website. So we do host some of those campaigns. Um, in terms of our own campaigns, we had a campaign called Call It Out, and again, that was really about speaking out about uh, sexual harassment, bullying, and harassment. And having the confidence, you know, to do that, and I know that can be can be very difficult. Um, and they were um, stickers, kind of posters that have been placed uh, on on toilet doors across campus. We'd actually spoken to some of our colleagues across the water and different universities, and they had suggested that this was uh, someone one of the universities found that this was really particular effective in 
in raising awareness with students. Um, so <laughs> they're actually still there because of COVID. Um, they were meant to be taken down um, over a year ago, but they are there. And I know it's, it, it is difficult if students aren't on campus at the minute. Um, but we, we are always looking at different ways to kind of get the word out to students. Um, so we are looking at different things in terms of induction, registration, and, you know, freshers is always a particularly good time to raise awareness with students. But um, I appreciate there's lots of information that students are getting the freshers and they aren't necessarily maybe thinking about, you know, reporting support. And sometimes it is only, unfortunately, it only is a, an area of interest when, when an incident happens, you know, either to a friend or, or to yourself. Uh, but yeah, so we, we're always continually thinking of different ways to kind of get the message out there. We did do a consent camp as well a couple of years. And again, that was at Freshers during um, the initial registration. And we had kind of bouncy castles and burgers, free burgers and ice cream on the, the lawn there at the Lanyon. But we also had partners um, from organisations, the police, um, Brooke, and those types of organisations that were able to provide information around consent as well. So that was more a lighthearted way of trying to kind of sell consent. We have looked at workshops as well in the past. Um, that can be difficult to kind of to get students to come along to those, either through, you know, embarrassment or just a feeling that you know I don't need to do this. And I, I you know, personally, I feel that everyone needs you know educated around consent. You know, it's, it's certainly a school issue for you know school children kind of coming up through. Um, post-secondary but also university students as well I think we all we all kind of need to know what the law is and and the intricacies of, of sexual consent as well uh, and then in terms of other campaigns we did a belong event last year and we've we've had various um, events around hate crime uh, again we have good good links with um, hate crime uh, agencies that support uh, support the general public around around hate crime and again they can they can support people to go to the police and report any instance of hate crime. So there's there's four particular charities that we we work with, um, and we're we're always looking to do different events with them. Obviously, the past academic year has been quite different for us all. Have you seen an increase in reports in the past year? Yes, I should have said as well the. Um, the report and support system at the back of the system, it acts as a case record. So that's where all students' information is kept, um, you know, very mm -hmm. securely. But it also has a, a data analytics section as well. So we're able to track our figures uh, and we can do that year in, year out, monthly, quarterly. I do report those those figures through to, to senior management as well. So, yeah, I was just actually looking at our numbers um, there recently. I would say that definitely our numbers are up probably around... 20% since, you know, last academic year, particularly around uh, sexual harassment. We've seen an increase in reporting around that and also online bullying. And I think that's, I think that's indicative of a lot of people being online now as well and, and lectures being online. Um, we just have seen an, an increase in, in that as well. Also domestic abuse, starting to see an increase in that probably since Christmas. Um, I know some of the likes of Women's Aid had had seen an increase since lockdown, and you can you can understand that you know if you're having to live with you know an abusive partner and sometimes you, you're able to kind of go to class or you're able to go to work, uh, but COVID the lockdown prevented that and you were almost living with them twenty four hours a day, which you know certainly seen an increase then of of people coming forward. 
so yeah, we have we have seen an increase, um, and it's also been good. I suppose that people have been still coming through the system, and we've still been able to meet with students um, either through through phone calls or through video conferencing. So, um, and it's also made it a bit flexible as well because sometimes, you know, if students are on professional courses and aren't able to you know, maybe sometimes come into the student guidance centre. Um, you know, one benefit I suppose of the lockdown has been providing that flexibility and, and being able to kind of meet people, you know, where they live or, you know, if they if they've went back home as well. So that has been an additional and going forward, you know, we will be offering that flexibility as well. Have you found that social media campaigns tend to help maybe increase awareness or even increase reports of maybe people who have seen something happen? I know obviously recently we've had more interest um and more awareness being raised, especially following the Sarah Everard case. Do you find that that tends to affect the number of reports that come in and, you know, maybe bystanders um, deciding to report something that they've seen? Definitely. Yeah, it definitely does raise awareness. Uh, unfortunately, you know, it's, it's it's very tragic circumstances. But during that period over the last, you know, couple of months, um, the likes of the sexual harassment cases, you know, we have seen an increase of, of people coming forward. And yeah, I think on social media as well, we do have a Twitter account and we, you know, we'll post out a lot of information on there and signpost students as well to that. Um, and it's always just trying to find those those correct mediums, you know, where people are engaging. But certainly social media, yeah, there has been there has been quite a bit lately. And I think that's really important. You'd mentioned Bystander there as well. So that's that's a program that we have been trying to kind of get up and running um, for the last year or so, unfortunately. We had trained up um, uh, trainers to go out and, and deliver bystander just as, as the lockdown came. And unfortunately, the licensee of the, the product wouldn't allow us to deliver that online. So they've had to do, they've had to do um, some quality assurance around that. So the good news is that that has been passed and we are going to be delivering a bystander session during development weeks. And again, I can, I can share details of of that, um, but I think it's it's really really important to kind of get that program out there and raise awareness around you know, the importance of bystanders and also how you as an individual can can support people can raise your awareness and know and know what to do you know and in, in if you're faced with an incident. Um, so yeah, we we definitely are, are keen to kind of promote that as well. How have academic staff here at Queens been trained to work alongside? QB report and support? Yeah, we, um, again, as, as part of my role is really to kind of go out and, and sell, you know, the report and support and, and make people aware of that. And that's, there's always, there's always going to be a need for that because we're always going to have new students, new cohorts of students coming through and also changeover of academic staff as well. And not just academic staff, but, you know, it's really looking at it as a whole university approach. So we have professional staff, we have cleaning staff, we have domestic staff, security staff, our accommodation teams. Um, and essentially a student could disclose to any any member of staff, you know, within the university. So it's it's raising awareness with with as many people as possible. Um, and that is something that we are are mindful of and are looking to I have produced um, some information which is on the website for staff in terms of supporting a student who makes a disclosure. And I'm also open to kind of provide training to staff should they they wish to do that, but really, it, you know, because there's 3,000 staff, it, it can be difficult to do that. Um, one other option is to do um, like a module. Um, and, you know, there's various modules that we have to do as staff 
ourselves. So it's it's trying to get the right balance as well. And sometimes that that type of training doesn't necessarily fit well in a module. You know, you need to be able to be in a training room and ask the questions and, and get that. But essentially what we have done is trained specialist staff across the university in terms of our advocates um, who have been kind of specially trained in terms of disclosure and awareness of signposting, et cetera. So what I would like to happen is if a, if a student does go to a staff member, the staff member is able to, to either complete the report and support on their behalf while they're in the room. You know, it, it should only take 10 or 15 minutes or they can direct them towards the report and support. Um, and the good thing about that as well is that, it you know, it's a central data then that we are able to kind of capture um, in terms of, you know, how many students are coming through, what types of incidents are kind of happening. So, you know, I would appeal to all staff to make themselves aware of the report and support system and particularly advisor studies, personal tutors, you know, who may be having those types of discussions with students that they can signpost them and they can also contact myself as well. You know, I'm, I'm very available and willing to kind of speak with staff if they have any concerns. So lastly, what advice would you give to a student who's listening and wants to use a report and support service, either possibly as a victim themselves or as somebody who's seen something that they could be concerned about? What would you say to them? Yeah, I, I you know, I, I would I would ask them to kind of come forward and, and speak to us. And that can be done through the anonymous initially if if they don't feel that they can do a direct report. The um a report can be made by a student or by a staff member on behalf of a student, or by a student on behalf of a student, okay? So as long as you feel that you have reasonable consent, um, you can kind of complete that form on a student's behalf, and, you know, that will trigger the the contact then, and that initial contact. Now, the student may say at that stage, you know, they don't wish, wish to speak to anyone, they don't want to kind of take that any further. That's absolutely fine. But I think, you know, if you had concerns, you know, it's, it's best just to kind of reach out and, and kind of get that support. Likewise, if it is a friend that you're concerned about, you can provide them information about the report and support. Uh, but yeah, please, please come forward. You know, it will be a confidential conversation within the perimeters that we've kind of discussed. So as long as there's no names mentioned, um, and I, that information won't be shared with a school or, you know, with anyone within within Queen's. Okay, and the student is also under no obligation. So if you don't wish to proceed to a complaint or to speak with police or anything like that, they don't have to. But I think just having that initial conversation, you know, I think is, is really important. Um, and I suppose just make us aware. So we do survey all the students who come through the system. Once they they close a the case, we, we ask them to complete a short kind of survey. So <clears throat> we ask the students, you know, would they recommend the service to another student? And so far, 100% of, of all cases have said yes. We've also been able to demonstrate as well, you know, we ask students when they first come through their level of anxiety, you know, we get them to kind of rate that. And then we ask them their their anxiety levels, you know, after they've met. So again, we're able to demonstrate lower rates of anxiety after meeting with, with one of the advocates, which is, you know, it's really the purpose of the service. Again, it's about being able to open up and, and talk about really, really difficult things as well, really sensitive things. So again, that's, you know, that's why we have train members of staff who are able to kind of do that and support the student and, and get them the right the right information. Yeah, that's perfect. Thank you, John, for coming on. Is there any maybe social media or the website that you just wanted to let people know where they can access some information, lastly? Sure. So um, the, the website address for report and support is simply just 
all lowercase report and support.qub.ac.uk. The Twitter feed that we have is called at QUBSafe. And again, that's all lowercase. And I just want to give one phone number here. So um, you will find a range of support numbers on uh, on the report and support pages when you look through that. But uh, if there was one phone number that I would give to all students, it's the Domestic and Sexual Abuse Helpline. Okay, and that's managed by, by Nexus. So it's a free phone number. It's 24 hours and it's 0808-802-1414. All right. So I think that's everything for today. We really appreciate, appreciate you coming on, John. I think it's definitely something that maybe not as many students are, are aware of within Queen's and it's definitely something that I think more people are calling for um, to have within universities. So thank you for coming on and giving us all this information and Hopefully people will take it on board, and I'm sure they will. That's brilliant. Thanks very much for the opportunity. Yeah, really enjoyed that. Thank you. 